Hello, everyone, and welcome to Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. My name is Bill Cannon. I'm a retired 27-year veteran of the NYPD. I retired as a detective sergeant at a Manhattan North Homicide Squad. With me, my partner in all things law enforcement and real crime stories, the retired 21-year veteran detective second grade, Phil Grimaldi, who retired out of Intel but did a lot of years in the, the 6-0 squad, Phil, was it? Yes, the 6-0 squad. I was squad. in the Bureau for a lot of years, Detective Bureau for a lot of years. And he's a Joe Pesci lookalike, even though uh, I say that every episode. But anyway, the uh, this show is sort of a, an offshoot of Police Off the Cuff, where we're doing some real crime stories on some topics that we deem very important. Just so you know, Police Off the Cuff just came out with a new website, and I posted it in the live chat, the address for it. Basically, it's www policeoffthecuff.com. But right now, because it's a brand new website, you have to put the HTTPS colon slash slash because it's it's a new website and it won't go right to the website unless you put that in. And then what the topics today we're going to talk about is all the large cities in America right now are having big problems with crime. And many people, progressive politicians blame it on COVID. But those are in the know and know about crime realize that has very little to do with it. And New York City is probably uh, experiencing one of the worst problems in crime right now, specifically with shootings. And I'm going to put a little flyer up there. You can see how shootings have gone up so tremendously. And one of the problems also is de Blasio, Mayor de Blasio, who's probably going down as the worst mayor in New York City, and no one ever thought he could knock Dinkins off to that platform, but he did. He's already preparing the citizenry for a violent summer. Like, just imagine he's already waving that white flag of going to be a violent summer. And people, a lot of the politicians, especially these progressives, they take no responsibility whatsoever. Governor Cuomo, you would think that he has a different job than governor. He's the one that shoved the criminal justice reform down the throats of all the small towns and the cities. Yet he has nothing to do with crime. The state attorney general just came out with a new plan to further restrict the police use of force. So it's it's an incredible uh, ladder that the police have to climb in, in order to do their job. And in every avenue, they're taking away the tools needed to do the job. Phil, you have any um, feelings about what I'm just talking about? Yes. Uh, first, I'd like to say, Bill, thank you for having me back on the show. It's always a pleasure. I look forward to uh, sort of ranting a little bit, but talking about some very important issues. I mean, the scenarios you just laid out in your uh, opening monologue there, I mean, de Blasio is going to go down as the worst mayor. There can't be anybody worse than him. But the perfect storm is they have a governor in the state, uh, Governor Cuomo, who is hand in hand, they're neck and neck, and who could destroy the city quicker? Now, we know that he came up with the uh, the bail reform packages, and I was watching the news yesterday when uh, uh, de Blasio was given the question about crime uh, uptick and gun violence in New York City. He tried to blame it on the governor, saying that he released, single-handedly released, hundreds of parolees into New York City, and it's just these parolees that are committing the crime. And then they asked Governor Cuomo 
for comment. And his response was puzzling to say the least. He basically just said, the reality is there's crime in New York City. Not explaining any part of his answer that I could see that made any sense. Not taking any kind of responsibility. And we all know, and we've said it in the last few times that we did this uh, this type of uh, episode on police off the cuff, that crime is out of control. The cops have been handcuffed. Law enforcement is at a great disadvantage. I mean, if you watch the news, and Bill, I think I sent you a couple of things recently, the police are being verbally abused. They're being racially abused. I mean, there was that um, video from Washington Square Park that the PBA put out where a African-American uh, I won't even call him a gentleman. I'll call him a, a, an attempted riot or a rebel rouser is calling an oriental police officer the C word out loud over and over again. And then a guy going by on a bicycle reaches out and says, you're an idiot. You're a more, There's some other, you know, uh, dicey language, but he called him a racist. And the guy turns to the person that's filming it and says, well, I'm not a racist. Black people can't be racist which is absolutely positively not true. And this is the atmosphere that's going throughout the country, not only in New York City. And if you have everything based on race, you're going to just devolve into chaos and, and total, uh, you know, uh, pan pandemonium. I mean, you need law and order. The city is not being run in an orderly fashion with regard to the politicians and the police force, and the police are handcuffed, Bill. Phil, I want to read something to you, and this is from outgoing Manhattan District Attorney Cyrus Vance, all right? Causes of crime are always multivariate. It's a terrible soundbite and an even worse treat, but it's true. Meaningful criminological data takes years to accumulate and longer to base sound policy upon. Even then, it's nearly impossible to disentangle crime data from forces in society well beyond justice policy, which lead to criminal conduct. This isn't to say we should sit back and wait for a safer days to dawn. We must approach community safer aggressively right now as the holistic endeavor that we know it really is. I'm going to make it simple for you, Cyrus Vance. It's not that complicated. It, what it is is arrest, prosecute, incarcerate. Easily, right there. Arrest, prosecute, incarcerate. You're not doing your job. You're not prosecuting, and no one's getting incarcerated. Therefore, the criminals have no respect for the police. They have no respect for the law. It's not that complicated. But he, and he's, he also goes in the same article, which was an op-ed that he wrote for the Daily News. Many potential culprits, not a single scapegoat, are to blame for this violence. The pandemic and its instant seismic destabilizing impacts on unemployment, homelessness, and mental health Come on. Are you kidding me, Vance? That is the worst excuse I've ever heard. Basically, it took 20 years to lower the crime rate in New York City and make it the safest large city in America. It took less than six for de Blasio to destroy this city. And he's done it. It's coming back with a vengeance. Crime is coming back with a vengeance. I always remember I used to go to Comstat and present as a sergeant for the 2-4 squad, Sergeant 2-3 squad, a Sergeant in Homicide. And we were held, our hands were held to the fire. That why is this happening? Why is that happening? I'd love to see the mayor go up and have to go to a Comstat and explain while shootings are out of control. While, while you know, rapes are out of control. It, it's just incredible. But yet 
No one is answering for this, except you see all the politicians, Vance included, doing a tap dance. Oh, yeah, he's a real good writer, but he blames things on things that have no make no sense. Hey, Bill, I got a message for Cyrus Vance. He wants to blame the uptick in crime on the pandemic way before, two, three years before the pandemic, maybe even longer than that. He come out. He was one of the first district attorneys in New York City to say he wasn't going to prosecute turnstile jumpers. We know what that leads to. If you're not paying the fare, you're going to have incentive to go onto the subways and commit bad acts. He also didn't want to uh, prosecute public intoxication drinking in public, and marijuana use in public. So these are all the, we're going to go back to the broken windows policy. These are all the little things that turn into bigger things. Well, we call it quality of life, right? You were just quality of life that. has right. gone down in the city way before, two, three, four, five years before the pandemic. Now they found the scapegoat. He wants to talk about scapegoats. He's scapegoating the uptick in crime with the pandemic. Let's get over that. The pandemic might have had a little bit to do with certain things, social issues and everything, but it's not, it's the policies, it's the bail reform, it's the not using broken windows policy. It's the same thing we've been talking about over and over again. And I love the blame game between de Blasio and Cuomo, and now you got Vince blaming the pandemic. It's actually comical, but it's comical in a sense that there's people dying. There's people being, I mean, if you watch the news today, you saw... Two people walking down the street and a guy just walks up and sprays them in the face with mace. We had that 10-year-old killed killed out in Queens. I mean, where does it end? Where does Phil, it end? I, Phil, I'm glad you mentioned the subway because I want to show you a very disturbing video of a robbery that occurred on the subway. And uh, I'm going to pull it up right now. Uh, and we'll, we'll play this and just tell me what you think of this. I'm Shade Betterinwa. And I'm Bill Ritter. Tonight, that man is telling his story. To Eyewitness News reporter, Josh Heininger. 12 stitches. He has 12 stitches in his forehead, an eye swollen shut, the other ringed by two more stitches, and a giant COVID mask blocking out of fear his attackers may come after him again. I feel angry and upset and sad. As if the first time wasn't bad enough. Video released by the NYPD shows the brutal attack yesterday afternoon as two men punched their 64-year-old victim and he fell into a turnstile, hanging on for dear life. It was about then that one man slashed him in the forehead. They then stole his cell phone and about $150 in cash, leaving him gushing blood alone in the station. This has hit me to try him here. In my, in my this eye and this eye and the other guys, he bring like razor. And, and and do like that. And the blood st start coming and took the money from me and 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 and, 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 and disappear. It happened in the shadow of Bloomingdale's at the NR stop at 60th and 3rd. The victim had just finished praying in a midtown mosque and was heading home to Brooklyn. Cops released the video along with these still images showing the suspect's distinctive limited edition footwear. One wore NBA Timberlands, the other a rare Nike model. As for the victim, he's lived in the city for 30 years. He commutes to Manhattan only to pray, but not anymore. He no longer feels safe. You have 
to take care about this uh, I, uh, this issue, or it will be long, wired. You can you can't control it. And in this in this case, why is the police for? This all comes amid a war of words between the mayor and the MTA, which has charged the police are not visible enough across the system. The city recently pledged 250 additional cops, but it didn't prevent this. Unbelievable, huh, Phil? That just enrages me, Billy. It just enrages me. I wish I could have been on that platform. They they would attacking that guy. Obvious overkill. That was unnecessary. If they wanted to rob the guy. They had him. He wasn't even fighting back. The guy was fighting for his life, and they would just. Oh my God! Just enrages me. And, and oh, I, so, I, you know, you know what I want to go to back to. I want to ask you this simple question. You think those two paid their fare? Obviously not. And look, they're wearing five, six, eight hundred dollars sneakers. How do you think they're uh, supply, uh, paying for that stuff? Out robbing people. That poor guy. I, I would love to see if it was the Blasio's relative or Cuomo's relative. You'd see how fast there'd be uh, 500 more cops in the subway. But, the you know, Phil, they've it. also, as you, as you know, and we've discussed this before, they've taken the tools away from the cops to do their job. I'm going to read this quote from Maya Wiley, an extremely progressive candidate uh, for the Democratic mayoral nomination, uh, Hopefully she won't even come close because she's, she's really horrendous. She wrote, we can't do safety at the expense of justice, Miss Wiley said, in an implicit swipe at Eric Adams' position. She added, we cannot, and that means we cannot have stop and frisk back. First of all, Wiley, it's not stop and frisk. It's stop, question, and frisk. You have a law degree. Learn the law or the anti-crime unit, all right? Tell that to this guy who came into the city from Brooklyn to, to go to religious services and was attacked mm -hmm. by these two savages mm -hmm. in the subway. Tell that, tell that to them. I mean, what is she thinking? What, what is she thinking? That's the platform that she wants to get elected on? I mean, it's ridiculous, Bill. If there was an anti-crime unit in the subway that happened to notice these two guys that were acting suspicious, they might have been able to prevent that. And if there was more police presence in the subway... Maybe they would have went into the subway to do this horrible thing. And that poor guy, imagine they, they slashed him. I mean, he's scarred forever. It's just unbelievable. Total overkill, too. And I think they were just uh, maybe more, it wasn't so much the robbery. They just wanted to beat somebody down. And this, these are the incidents that are happening that we see on the news every day. Uh, an oriental woman in Chinatown the other day, walking down the street, guy, bam, slashed, punches her right in the face. For what? What? What is this about? It's just like we could do whatever we want, and the police ain't going to do nothing. And going back to the uh, to the Washington Heights incident the other night, and the uh, the arrests that were made, and uh, the the video that was played, Governor DeSantis. If, if I could take a moment and read this, Bill, you, you'll find yeah. this interesting. Absolutely Governor DeSantis right. of Florida just dropped a tactical a tactical nuke on Antifa and Black Lives Matter. He recently announced the terms of Florida's new Law Enforcement Protection Act. Boom. Check it out. Now, we're having a, a, an attorney general in New York that wants to strangle the cops' uh, uh, use of force, and they want to make it, if, if a, a use of force is looked at, uh, an incident with his force, maybe make it criminal. Listen to some of the things that he has put into law. Now, this goes for demonstrations, Antifa, Black Lives Matters, et cetera. Now, a demonstration is one thing, but when it turns to 
a, a criminal act. They throw a bottle, they light a fire, they, they, they assault the police officer, it becomes a riot. Okay, arrest during a riot. Stay in jail until you stand before a judge. That's one of the most important ones because these guys are right back out on the street as reinforcements for the thing that's still going on, for the for the riot that's still going on. Phil, but just to interrupt you, the guy who punched a woman in, in uh, Chinatown the other day, that was his eighth collar for that this year. Okay. He's got so, like 40 lifetime collars. So don't we see like a little turnstile justice here? The guy's do, done it eight times already? No, so, Vance, Vance doesn't see that. Vance, thinks, he sees COVID. Yeah, it's the pandemic. Yeah, That's yeah. why he did it. Well, going back to this, participate in a riot. Now, here's a good one. Forfeit state benefits, unemployment, etc. Strike a cop, mandatory six months minimum. Violent assembly, felony. Block a roadway, felony. Participate in a riot from out of state, enhanced sentence. It goes on a little more. Any local government that refuses to provide adequate protection for its citizen will forfeit sovereign immunity protection, allowing citizens to sue the local government for compensation. I really love that one. And then last, any municipality that defunds the police will be defunded for future grants or aids. Now, that's a governor with a pair. And yeah, but you know something? In New York, it's they are pandering to the crowd that hates the police. And believe it or not, there are more people in this city that like the police than that than don't like the police. But for whatever reason, these progressives and there's there's nine of them that are running for mayor, they're pandering to to a base of people that you know their idea. Advances idea too is to to take money and pay gangs not to commit crimes. I where did they get that from? I yeah, mean, that, is there any city or state that that's been tried that that's worked? I'd like because they're they're always the, the the progressives are always citing science. Show me the science that shows that when you give money to gangbangers, that that results in a decrease in violence. I haven't seen it anywhere. It's laughable, Bill. It's ridiculous. And I think the reason the local politicians are pandering, because the Washington politicians, such as AOC and the squad. Now, AOC came out with something recently. Now, she's got millions and millions of followers. She unfortunately got elected. Don't ask me how. But she has a strong following on social media. She said that we shouldn't be building any jails. And she's saying the more jails we build, it's worse for the communities of color. Now, I don't know if anybody told AOC, but incarceration rates are at the lowest they've been in many, many years. They've been either let out, paroled early because of COVID, all these different mandates across the country. And I don't know that any jails are even being built. What is she talking about? So she comes out with a statement like that. They're anti-police. The squad is anti-police. So now the local politicians want to fall in line with the Democratic Party. And listen, I don't want to target the Democratic Party, the Republicans that are responsible for some of this stuff too. But basically the, Demo the Democratic Party, their platform is defund the police. It's ridiculous. It's insane. And we're seeing the results as we go on. We're bracing ourselves for the summer of violence. It's all over the news. And de Blasio and Cuomo are having a little back and forth, pointing fingers at one another. And meanwhile, our citizens are being killed, maced, attacked, slashed, robbed, and it goes on. It's disgusting. Phil, I got to go to a quick commercial and we'll get sure. right back to this. If you're thinking of moving down south to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Carol Waters, a realtor, uh, she used to live in New York City. She was a bartender at Fitzpatrick's Hotel for over 20 years. 
Her husband, Rob Mayen, was an NYPD cop who rolled over to the fire department. They now are two of the biggest um, sales, real estate salespeople in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. So if you're looking to move down there, give Carol Waters, carolwaterssellsmb at gmail.com. She's part of the Beach Realty Group. And you can call her at 914-261-6681, Carol Waters Sells Myrtle Beach. If you're getting in any trouble and you need a good attorney, <laughs> Joe Murray, retired member of the service, retired police officer, great attorney, a big supporter of the Police Off the Cuff podcast. Joe now has a website, joe at jmurray-law.com. Joe's a hell of an attorney, a hell of a guy, and uh, we support Joe as an attorney on this show. Joe's a great guy, good man. Good attorney. Uh, we've had him on the show many times and uh, good people, Joe. God bless. You know, I wanted to just bring up a few photos. Right here, this is a photo of a, a guy yesterday morning at 7 o'clock uh, on 39th Street near Madison Avenue tried to rape a 27-year-old woman. And, you know, these are the guys that uh, the progressives are protecting their rights. These are the people that they're protecting the rights of. Shootings. This is in Manhattan. Shootings are out of control. Uh, they just, you know, and progressives, of course, will will blame the um, the 95 pipeline, they call it, guns coming up from down south. But what we blame it on in law enforcement, and we know this to be a fact, is the demonization of stop, question, and frisk. And Maya Wiley, if you're listening, it's called stop, question, and frisk, not stop and frisk, all right? I know you want to protect the rights of people who carry guns. It's called stop, question, and frisk, okay? And with taking that away from police and also destroying police by taking away qualified immunity, all right? The, 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 the stupidest law ever written by the most moronic city council probably in the history of mankind, which is the New York City's council, the diaphragm law, which makes it an A misdemeanor for a cop to put his knee in the back of a perpetrator to get him cuffed. All you folks should have to go out on a uh, work a midnight tour in a two three two five or three two on a summer night, and then you would see how stupid you are. But you should ride along should be mandatory for the city council. Uh, so these crimes are just with impunity. Right here, there's the video of the uh, a house that was sprayed with gunfire over a dispute over a parking space, and guess what happened? A ten year old boy was killed. And Maya Wiley had a quote with that, too. She said, oh, the police couldn't protect that 10-year-old boy. No, you couldn't protect that 10-year-old boy because of your stupid policies you're recommending. Midtown, today, a uh, tourist from Texas robbed by a group of four. We're, getting, we're starting to get these, what we used to call in my street crime days of uh, wolf pack robberies. They're starting to come back to the city. So you can see there's gunfire all over the city. And guess what? Demonstrations don't stop because crime is out of control. The community around Washington Square Park requested that the police shut the park down at 10 o'clock for a curfew because rampant drug use, rampant noise, rampant EDPs, that psychos, throwing glass bottles all over the place. They asked for the police to get involved. And guess who Maya Wiley took the part of? Yes, the demonstrators. Of course she did, right? So there's beautiful Washington Square Park on a good day. But the police can't win in this city no matter what. Phil, feelings. 
Oh, first off, that uh, uh, you showed that first uh, picture of that uh, that savage that tried to rape the girl. That took place in broad daylight, seven thirty in the morning. He came up from behind her. He threw it to gr to the ground. He took his pants off, and before anything could uh, really transpire, she fought him up. She must have I don't know if she uh, maybe had a martial arts background or something, but she was able to fight off that scumbag. And I call him that because that's what he is. Uh, going back to the incident that you played before where the guy was slashed across the head. Now the video camera happened to be in the perfect position. Let's just say that there was an anti-crime team there and they were able to intercede before it got to that. Maybe during the uh, uh, arrest or there would have been a physical altercation and you brought up the diaphragm law bill. They could have maybe grabbed the guy around the neck to put him down and they could have been subject to criminal charges. Are we insane? What country are we living in? It's out of control. And Maya Wiley, she said that the police couldn't protect that young boy. Well, maybe if there was more of a push, an anti-illegal gun push in this city, and if there was anti-crime units and plainclothes units that were there specifically to take guns off the street, Maybe that little boy would be alive. It was obvious the police can't just show up beforehand and protect somebody before a crime even occurs. But if maybe there was more enforcement of gun laws, illegal gun laws, not Second Amendment laws, illegal gun laws, if we focused on that like we did in the past, maybe that little boy would be alive. Miss Miley or whatever your name is. Phil, I'm going to show another quick video, and this is the uh – the great subway hero that we showed uh, a couple of times. Oh, he's great. Uh, here he is right here. We're going to show this Got video. Got yanked backward and screamed. A good Samaritan tells a harrowing story. He jumped in to help a woman who was being stabbed on a subway platform in Manhattan. This exclusive video of the attack. And any minute now, President Biden is expected to talk about the ceasefire between Israel and Hamas. We'll have his comments. Square. Time. It happened last night. A 54-year-old woman stabbed by a stranger on the platform of the Union Square station. This time, a good Samaritan jumped into action and not only stopped the attack, but helped catch the knife-wielding man. That good Samaritan speaking exclusively to Iowa 24, N.J. Burkett. He's live in Union Square for us. Newt. Right, Bill, random, senseless, and unprovoked. It's the kind of attack we've seen so many times here in New York City. The difference this time is we see it for ourselves because it's captured on surveillance video, along with an uncommon act of heroism that may have saved the victim's life. I knew somebody was in distress. I knew somebody was being attacked. Yeah, but you saw a knife. I saw a substantially sized knife, yes. And I heard a woman scream. And so that's enough for me. Sean Conaboy says he acted on instinct. He was waiting for a train in the Union Square subway station last night when a woman was suddenly viciously attacked. This surveillance video was obtained exclusively by Eyewitness News tonight and shows the suspect walking toward the woman with a large knife in his right hand. She doesn't see him coming, and in an instant, he attacks her from behind, stabbing her in the back and chest. Sean doesn't hesitate and pounces on the man desperately trying to stop the attack. And I just jumped him. I just tackled him, jumped on his back, and that took us down to the platform surface. I'm trying desperately to keep him down, face down, because I know that if he gets up or if he can turn on me and he has that knife, now I'm a potential victim. 
Incredible, huh? And one of the things that we'd like to say, and we pointed this out once before, is that if that was a cop doing the move that he did, he do, he used a rear naked choke. The, the officer could have been subject to arrest for using an illegal move, at least to department departmental um, trial for using an, uh, a move that is unsanctioned in the, in the in the in the police world, you know. That was the point I was trying to make when I was saying about the uh, the slashing where the two guys pounced on that poor guy that was coming from religious services. If there was an anti-crime unit there, a uniform happened to stumble across it, and they used force to apprehend that individual, I mean, those guys were obviously violent. And he happens to get his arm around the neck of the guy, which is what, what you called it a reverse takedown. Any type of uh, takedown, you always want to break the person's center of gravity and you grab them from behind and put them to the ground. That's what we were taught in the police academy. Now it's illegal. I mean, look what they did to that poor guy. That guy very easily could have been killed, could have been uh, blinded. I mean, they, they slashed across his forehead, it seemed like. So uh, we got to change the laws. We got to get back to uh, to uh, broken windows policy. We, we got to get rid of this bail reform. We got to get some plainclothes units. We got to target the illegal guns. Nobody ever talks about the illegal guns. The city is on fire. Chicago is, they're, they're killing every weekend. A dozen people are dying, 50 people shot just on average. I mean, across the country, it's not only New York City, it's across the country. Crime's out of control. Folks in the chat, uh, if you could see, we have a new website. I listed the uh, hypertext transmission protocol, HTTPS, uh, colon slash says police off the cuff.com. Uh, go to our website. It's got lots of information. It tells you a lot about what we're doing, what we're trying to do, uh, what we're all about. Uh, and I, I'm thrilled to have in my real crime episodes here, Phil Grimaldi, who you can see he's, uh, he has New York city written all over his face, right? Brooklyn, yo, Brooklyn, you know, he's got Brooklyn written all over his face, but we came in, up through the trenches and it really bothers us to see what is happening to New York City right now by these progressive politicians. Angela Eng, thank you so much for the 999 super sticker. You're the best. And don't mess with Angela Eng either, because she's she's a jujitsu uh, she, she's a jujitsu person out there. But you know the thing is, it's really disturbing to see what's going on. And now we have, you know, Eric Adams seems like he's the front runner right now in regards to uh, the mayoral race. And um, I don't know what my feelings are about that. I don't really know him. He didn't have a great reputation as a cop, that's for sure. Uh, but maybe the least the least worst will be the best. You know, what are your feelings, Bill? The lesser of 10 evils. I don't know what a 10 in them running, whatever it is. The lesser of whatever amount they're running, the lesser of the evils is, is him. And uh, I feel the same way. I'm not not a big uh, Eric Adams fan, but uh, but Bill... I finally learned, you know, you learn something new every day. HTTP stands for, what did you say it was? Hyper Hypertext Transmission Protocol. I always I, I don't, I don't know what the S actually means. Maybe Josh, who's our engineer, could tell us. Carol Loving Alaska. I'm originally a Jersey girl. While family in Jersey, I worry about I'm always about them and going down to the city. Aldo Vanucci. Ha, that's the first time I ever heard anyone say hyperterminal. Hypertext Transmission Protocol. That's what Aldo... Uh, Look, I'm I'm a uh, definitely not a real experienced computer guy, but I, for an old guy, I've tried to pick some stuff up, and it definitely is not is not an easy thing. Uh, luckily, and there's Joshua. Josh, thank you so much. Josh is our fantastic engineer all the way from California, and uh, 
we got him from Duty Run. He's doing an unbelievable job. Oscar Ferrafino, pretty sad when you have to vote for the less evil. You, you're right, Oscar, it is. But we all love New York City, and we hate to see what's happening to it right now. I just heard um, Chief of Department, uh, former Chief of Department Joseph Esposito on Fox today, and he was basically saying the same exact things we're saying on the show right now. Maybe not as biting, maybe not. He's on TV. You got to remember, we're on a podcast, so we could be a little bit more uh, profound and to the point. But the progressiveness of these policies and is just destroying the NYPD. You know, getting rid of qualified immunity. I think we should get rid of the entire city council. Vote all of them out. They're horrible. You know, Bill. I just hope that going forward, we've talked about this several times. I know we're going to be talking about. Uh, the next thing that's going to happen this weekend or next week, I just hope and pray that sometime soon in the future, we're going to be talking about maybe with the change of mayors and governors, we're going to be talking about crime going down. I really hope that for our city, our state, and for the nation, because things are really getting bad. And uh, we got to really just uh, push. We got to get the politicians in place. And uh, the more we push back, hopefully, uh, you know, there's still hope. And we can turn this around in this city. And I'm really hoping for that. Well, you know, Phil, the bottom line is the police are not the problem, you know. And when you talk about criminal justice reform, all the reforms are aimed at the police. But yet the police are not the problem. I'll repeat it over and over and over again. I think the politicians are the problem. You know, no one, Andy Cuomo, he, he releases cop killers that were supposed to do life in prison. He paroles them all the time and uh, paroles a lot of dangerous criminals. His bail reforms on him, you know, and with that bail reform came the, the ridiculous discovery laws that um, prosecutors have to deal with. Just to, um, to mention prosecutors, tomorrow night, Phil and I have a, a Democratic candidate for Manhattan District Attorney, Elizabeth Crotty. And Elizabeth has been endorsed by all the police unions. She's quite reasonable, obviously, and she's pro-prosecution. She's also pro-criminal justice reform, but she's pro, you know, uh, I don't know if I, can, I can't speak for her. I don't know if she's pro-broken windows policing. But she is definitely pro-prosecution. What's happening now, basically, is no one's getting prosecuted. So criminals that are locked up four and five times are just the revolving door. They're being thrown back up, back out on the street. And then the other big problem is uh, mentally ill people are all over the place. And the Upper West Side got a taste of that where they put one of those um, welfare hotels. And the community up there, which is a very liberal community, they're very upset about it. But guess what? You voted de Blasio in twice. So this is what you get. Richella Pranzo, thank you so much for the $5 super sticker. Jamie Pimitel, yes, we need pro-police as DA. That's for sure. Because when the whole broken windows policing philosophy came in, everyone had to be on board. The district attorney's office had to be on board. The prosecutors had to be on board. The police, the community, we all had to work together. And right now, these communities that are most hit by the violence and the shootings, they're not being represented by these progressive politicians. They want police there. They want police to make gun arrests. They want police to take the shooters. They want police to confront the gangbangers. So the progressive politicians, I, first of all, I think the city's had it. And anyone that's calling for defund might as well hang, up, hang it up because they're not going to get elected. 
I couldn't agree with you more, Bill. And, uh, you know, the under, unintended, even though they knew it was going to happen, the unintended consequences of these policies they've enacted is hurting the minority communities more than it is anywhere else because that's where most of the crime is taking place. A lot of it is black on black violence and crime and shooting. And I just hope that our guest tomorrow night is not going to be one of these district attorneys that's going to be afraid of race and say, we're not going to enforce this specific crime like turnstile jumping because most of the uh, turnstile uh, jumpers that are arrested are of minority descent. We need somebody that's going to stand up not going to be afraid to be called racist in, in situations like that. And we have to have a policy where if you break the law, and even if it's a small law, like jumping the turnstile, there's going to be consequences, whether it be a summons, arrest, or even incarceration, like you said earlier, Bill. You know, 100%, because if there's no penalty to pay, you know, we are a country of laws, and the rule of law has to be applied as equally as possible. And, you know, something... When you don't apply the law and you don't arrest people, guess who suffers? The the guy, like the guy who went on, uh, went over the turnstile and was jumped by those two guys who cut him with a razor, stole his wallet, stole his phone, and the guy can't go about his life because guess what? You're protecting these two thugs more than you are this guy who's coming to Manhattan from Brooklyn to worship, to practice his religion, and you're not protecting him, and you think the rights of those two thugs are more important. And furthermore, just one other thing about subway crime. The subway used to have one of the most amazing anti-crime units uh, back in the day. Absolutely. And that's what you need because these mutts have to know that the guy standing down and leaning on that pillow might be a cop. But it's been well publicized. There's no more anti-crime. So they know. They don't have to worry. They only have to worry about a uniform. And once they see the uniform, they can either get out of the subway or Go flee to parts unknown, as they used to say in transit, right? Absolutely. And it, it's uh, it's wide open. Go into the trains. Uh, you can commit crime. You can create havoc. And uh, there's really not any uh, price that you're going to pay for it. There's, there's no, uh, you know, if you do get arrested, you're out hours later. So, you know, the, the perps are getting out of jail before the cops are even finished processing the paperwork. I mean, this is the turnstile justice we have going on right now. So uh, we're, in, we're in a dangerous time going forward, and we really – I hope that this guest tomorrow night is going to have a strong stance on crime. A hundred percent. You know, uh, final words, I'll give Phil uh, – Phil, Phil, you go first. I'll give you final words, and I'll close. Like I said earlier, I just hope that we're going to be doing a show sometime soon where we're going to be talking about crime going down. Uh, all we need is we need the right policies. We need the right politicians and we need a police commissioner and we need a police force that's not going to be afraid to take action, that there's not going to be unbelievable ramifications if they do become involved in a use of force incident. The attorney general, she's off base uh, that she wants to make every specific uh, use of force incident be looked at and possibly criminal charges if they don't believe it was substantiated that force should have been used. And then we have the diaphragm law. We got to work on those things. Bring back stop, question, and frisk. Bring back the plainclothes units. Target gun violence in this city. Illegal guns are what's causing the gun violence. Not uh, sportsmen firing their weapons on the weekend at a range. 
the illegal guns. That's the problem. And then you have the whole drug thing, but that's a, a, a story for another day. Right now, we got to worry about the violence. So we solve most of the world's problems in these uh, 40 minutes. So let's not try to solve all of them. No, we have another, we have another day tomorrow. I just Absolutely. would like to say for all you cops out there, believe it, police off the cuff is in your corner. And we respect the hell out of you. And we recognize how much more difficult it is to be a New York City police officer right now than it was. I've been out, uh, this October will be 10 years. And not that it was ever an easy job, but it's been made much more difficult by an inept city council and some of these laws that are coming down from Albany. And we really appreciate you. And we want you to know that. Anyway, signing off, I'm Bill Cannon. And with Phil Grimaldi, from Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. Be safe out there, folks. Always make sure that, uh, you know, you're on, you have your, use your instincts, you uh, look, watch your own back, and uh, let someone know where you are and where you're coming from so they, they can look out for you too. Everyone out there from the Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories, God bless. God bless and stay safe.